This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the House of Hockey podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Breezy. And I'm your other host, Ray Ray. This is episode 93, and we have a special guest this week. We do have a special guest this week, and it's Christmas week, so I guess we're doing a two-for-one celebratory, I don't know what we're celebrating, I guess just our 93rd episode. Almost (laughs) 93rd. Our our guest. um, Yeah, we're almost to the end of the year. It's been another year doing the uh, good old pod. It has been. Yeah. So the guest is Kevin Pozo. Um, I'm I'm a little uh, slow. I've been traveling. Um, I had some work and I just got back today when we were recording. So I'm a little bit brain dead. Uh, so forgive me, everybody, but uh, all is well. Kevin is awesome. He reached out to me on Instagram. Somehow he found us and he played for many years. He played for the uh, New Orleans Brass. He's played in how many leagues again? Six different leagues uh, and a handful of teams as well. I wasn't able to fully write down all of our, all of the teams there, but six different leagues, um, the WHL, IHL, ECHL, AHL, WCHL, and BIHS. Yes. Got a lot to cover there. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go over it. <laughs> yeah. You'll hear it all from Kevin. He's now um, an actor, like a SWAT actor. Yeah, uh, The Purge is one of the ones that I kind of rang a bell for me. I'm not a big movie person except for horror movies, so that's the only thing I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking to Kevin and find all about his uh, hockey career and mm-hmm. some good stories. Hopefully we can get like a nice little like, ghost story out of him or something. Too. Ooh, that's- totally, especially in, in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming up in a couple of minutes. But before um, we bring Kevin in, there's obviously been a slew of uh, concern because of the increase in COVID-19 cases in the league. Many teams have decided to pause play through the holidays. I believe it was through because they go on a a small like two to three day holiday break. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I believe it would technically end on the 26th. So I believe that's when games could start resuming on the 27th I believe don't mark my words on that but I think it's smart I mean these people the the players want to spend time with their family the staff wants to spend time with their family they don't want to you know have to worry about potentially testing positive over the next couple days I mean Christmas is so far away if they celebrate Christmas but I think just overall having you know that little bit of a break to I mean, it's scary, right? I mean, you yeah. got to figure, I was looking at the Kings. They're on the road right now. They're playing in Carolina, who, who had many cases. Yeah. They're playing in Washington, who has many cases today. We're recording on Sunday. Uh, a couple of the Kings players already got went down, and it's like, is it worth playing? Like, just go home at this point. Like, I think the whole league should stop two weeks, 
maybe max at this point and just kind of wait and push it off and see if you can kind of uh, bring those numbers back in a little bit. But yeah, and then enact some, you know, they're doing daily testing again, which is good because that's really important. That's how, you know, you can keep a handle on it. And we want the players to be safe. Like we all, you know, of course we are so happy that hockey is back, but ultimately we want our, our favorite players in the league and everybody to be healthy and to be well, because, you know, it's not about the game tomorrow. It's about the league and the, and the players as a whole and keeping them well. And, you know, it says that I, I read a little blurb rumor that, you know, it's unlikely that we'll end up going to the Olympics because of the increase in, in the cases. And honestly, I think that's the right choice. And I want the players to make that decision. I want the, I hope that the players get to make that choice. Yeah. I know that they worked really hard to come to terms um, with the league and the players association to be able to get here. And we were all very excited about it, but at the end of the day, like these are unprecedented times guys. And it's, it's about keeping them safe and healthy and it's not, you know, it's not about competing in the Olympics though. I know they all would really want to, of course. Yeah. But you also got to think if there's rumors of having to have a three to five week quarantine and it, and it can't do that. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. But I, I just don't like the fact that like some teams have been able to say we're postponing all games until this time. It should be all the teams. Cause they yeah. just announced today that there's no more, you know, cross the border games going on for the next, you know, for, and for this Christmas break, but it's like, okay, I get that. And me again, the King schedule, they're playing today in Washington. They're supposed to play Edmonton in a couple days. And then right before Christmas, they're playing Vegas. So if Edmonton was canceled, are they going to still be playing Vegas or has yeah. Vegas postponed, you know, and it's like, who's, who's in charge of saying, yes, this team can postpone, but this team can't. It's looking a little messy to me. And, and I do <laughs> think that, <laughs> you know, Gare Bear has got to get in front of this and get out in front of it and, I mean, that's his job is to take the heat. And yeah, people might be mad at him if he says, okay, no games until, you know, January, the outdoor, the outdoor game on New Year's Day or whatever it is. New Year's Day, right? Yeah. I told you I was brain dead. So everything sounds incorrect to me when the words come out of my mouth right now, but, um, you know, postpone everything until then we, we, if we don't go to the Olympics, the games can be made up in those weeks. They've got some flexibility with the schedule. Everybody's used to this now at this point, like when we thought we were going to have a regular full season, clearly that's not going to be the case. There's already a bunch of, um, games that need to be rescheduled, you know? So yeah, Yeah, that's all I got regarding that situation. Exactly. Do you have uh, any good Christmas plans going on? I plan to be in my pajamas for two whole days doing absolutely nothing but snuggling with Ringo and watching Christmas movies. That's it. There you go. What about you? Uh, I work Christmas Eve uh, and then we have our little Christmas Eve get together with the fam. Uh, The following day, pretty much nothing. On Christmas Day, I'm just going to make a good old prime rib and just chill. It sounds good. That sounds really good. I wish I was eating your prime rib. (laughs) But uh, all right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday. Absolutely. Spend time with family. Put your phones down. 
Yeah. Unless you want to listen to the episode with your family, then that's fine too. That's a good idea because here comes Kevin. (laughs) Enjoy. This week's episode of the House of Hockey podcast is brought to you by... Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, that's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. No, born and raised in Calgary, and then, uh, you know, played down in New Orleans for a couple of years for the brass. Two inaugural years here, so it was pretty cool. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. well, well, let's just go. We're, we're going already. So <laughs> oh, let's do it. Um, so you're not from New Orleans. Uh, we've cleared that up, thanks to my <laughs> dumb blonde moment from there. But uh, tell us about, okay, so you stayed in New Orleans because you loved it so much. Let's go with like New Orleans. You're in New Orleans now. You are retired from pro hockey. Retired at 28 from concussions. Um, I had eight total, so the last one was pretty bad. Um, I was dating a girl from down here and, uh, you know, the rest of that story goes, ended up marrying her. And at the time of retirement, it was either move back to Canada in the minus 40 degree weather or stay down in New Orleans where it's, you know, warm and, and sunny all the time. So we made that decision, which was pretty easy. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I made the decision. I miss, I miss home, but I definitely don't miss the cold at all. Yeah. So. Well, tell us then let's stick with like New Orleans for a minute. Tell us about playing for the brass. So we um, have a friend and he's a fellow podcaster who's from New Orleans. Um, and he gave us a good backstory. A while, This was a while ago, but about sort of the history of the brass and, and all of that. But give everybody a little bit of a reminder of like how long the team was there and, and uh, what it was like to play for, for oh, them absolutely. there. That was I remember flying in the first, they first flew us in, it was me, Jeff Lazaro, and I think a couple other guys. And the first, play, we, you know, we went to our little apartments they were putting us up in, and then, and then they took us down to Bourbon Street. And I know Lazaro didn't know if he was going to sign or not, and then once we got to Bourbon Street and saw that, it was a done deal. It was unbelievable. You know, a 21-year-old kid, 22-year-old kid, Lazaro was a little older, but we, we loved it. And it was, uh, you know, we did really well down here. You know, we had a we had a good little arena, the municipal auditorium. It held, I think, about five thousand people, and we sold out all the time. You know, the fans were right on top of us. 
didn't have a clue what was going on, but loved the fighting. And they, you know, right down the street from Bourbon Street. So it was, it was awesome. I, I love playing here. I was here for the first two years. So it was, it was great. That's so cool. I wish I had like, no, like been there then and, and gone and seen it, but. Yeah. And well, the, the first two years were great. And then they moved into the, uh, to the, uh, the New Orleans arena where the, where the basketball team, the NBA, NBA team plays now. So it, it changed a little. You get 5,000 people in an 18,000 seat arena. It's just not the same. You know, so it, I think the team was down here, I think, for seven or eight years. And then the whole kind of Southern Division, the East Coast Hockey League kind of folded. But, uh, but it was a good run. It was good. Yeah. And you've played, so we pulled a little bit of info uh, from your hockey bio page. So you've played in six leagues over the course of your entire career. Yeah. How would you say, I mean, there's a lot. First of all, I have one question. What the heck is a British Super League? Yeah, that was a good time too. That that's a, that was a really good league over there. Um, I played for the Manchester Storm and the Irish Scottish Eagles, and uh, you know they had a lot of really good hockey players, a lot of good um, pro hockey players over there, and it was it was really really good hockey. You know, uh, Manchester, we we played an eighteen thousand seat arena. We you know we get sixteen seventeen thousand fans every game. It was it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good league. A lot of good players played over there. And like UK hockey, uh, primarily like the the what did they call it? We just had talked about the Belfast Giants and um, the little cluster that they have there. They always say that, I mean, it's good hockey. If if you're a Brit and you know about hockey, like it's good hockey. But for those who don't know about it, to and then for you to say that there's you know eighteen thousand fans that could be showing up, I mean, that's got to be an absolute trip. It was it was cool. It was cool. And back back when I played, I think it was I think they had a lot more better players going over there um, to play. Um, they were paying a lot more money and, you know, there's a lot more teams. London had a team, um, Sheffield, Belfast didn't have a team, but, um, you know, there was a lot of good teams and a lot of good players over there. It was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Give us a story from your time over there or like, did you get to travel anywhere around Europe or? Actually, um we went to some tournament, I think, in Finland. They had they got, they got these weird tournaments where they play in the league. We went to some tournament in Finland, which was pretty cool. Um, but I did get a chance. I played with the Canadian National Pre-Olympic Qualifying Team um, for a little while, and we traveled all over the world, which is super cool. What's your favorite spot to, that you got to travel to? Um, not really my favorite, but the coolest spot was was Moscow, Russia. And we played in the Red Army Arena and, uh, you know, playing against the Red Army team. It was it was it was pretty cool. A lot of tradition there, and you know, it was it was pretty neat to see that. And yeah. are all the stories true about what you think and what we've heard from other podcasts? Yes, Russia is a. It is. Yeah, it definitely. It makes you. It definitely makes you appreciate living and being from North America, big time. With all the you know all the stuff going on in the world today in America today, you know, people have no clue about what it's like. In other in other spots, we're we're very very fortunate. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are. I've been to Cuba, and uh, I mean, I know that's not Russia, but it's you know, communist country, and it's you know, seeing it and and being able to experience how people really live there, in the day to day, and seeing their homes is quite shocking. Um, when you, yeah, yeah. So, I remember flying there with Team Canada, and I meet mean, another guy got. Um, you know, you, you see the Russian military or whatever they are, the guards holding machine guns in the airport. And we got pulled into this into the side room 
And I didn't know what the hell was going on, but we, we were in there for a couple hours and I don't know what they were doing, but then we finally got released, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was different. Well, yeah. Cause they could do whatever they want. Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, a kind, you know, to some degree and like, yeah. you're really shit out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, can't do yeah. anything about it. But well, I went all right. We, you know, we, we, we got to see Moscow and it was, it was cool. It was neat to see. Yeah. Crazy. I couldn't even imagine because we had um, Jillian, right? Is it Jillian? Am I thinking of the right person from the KHL? I think so. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. a reporter. Or she covers the KHL. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She was in. She had some crazy stories for us too. And we're like, holy moly. Oh yeah. <laughs> and she obviously couldn't tell us a lot of them as well, you know, publicly. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I got a chance to play with a lot of Russian players over here, and you know that they just they get over here and they can't believe the stuff they can do and get. And, you know, it's a whole different world to them. A lot of great guys, but it's, it's, you know, it's different. Yeah. So how did you get into hockey then? Being from Calgary, you know, that's an assumption, right? But born in Canada, that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? But my, my father played pro. He played for the San Diego Gulls for a couple of years. Actually, he actually played with Willie O'Ree and they're really good friends. So, you know, we go down to visit Willie in the summertime and stuff, which is pretty cool because he's he's making a big impact in the, in the game now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, he was basically my coach my whole life growing up. You know, was, wait, your dad cool. or Willie? My dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not Willie, no, no, no. But my father was my coach. You know, growing up and and uh, he pushed me hard. He you know he made sure I hockey was my main focus, which which is good and bad in a way, but it, it, it made me, it turned me out into, into a pretty good guy. So, you know, it was, it was, it was a tough upbringing, but it, it was worth it in the end. Definitely. And did you know that you wanted to get into acting your entire hockey career or when did that come about? Never. I just, um, you know, I had a lot of people in the movie industry, uh, producers and whatnot, you know, I'd meet a lot of people and they, you know, they tell me you, you kind of got the look and, you, you know, you're on the SWAT team. You, you do all this stuff with guns and action stuff, playing hockey. You should, you should start acting. I, you know, I never really, I never really even thought about it. Um, and then I got a role on a TV show, The Purge. And it just kind of went from there. You know, I got a role with lines, wasn't even a cop role. And then I just started doing the tactical consult on the you know, some of the guys were doing movements with guns and stuff through the rooms and stuff. And I taught them how to do that. And it just, everything just kind of snowballed. And I've been, I've been doing really well with it. It's going, it's going big time now. So wait, explain the SWAT part. Like, are you, what, what does that mean? Like you're a trained, like you, you, you're law enforcement on top of this too? Yeah. I'm a cop, like I'm a how- cop. I've been a cop for 17 years. Yeah. I'm an NOPD police officer. Oh, yeah. That's actually a funny story because I retired hockey and then I, you know, while I was trying to become a, a U.S. citizen, I worked in the oil field for a couple of years going off, you know, just trying to stay active and work. And then I became a cop in 2005. I was in the academy and we were there for about two months and Katrina hit while I was in the academy. So they sent us to headquarters for the storm. After the storm passed, they told us to leave, you know, go home. We'll, we'll call you when we need you. We'll meet another guy. I went to the 6th District, met with a captain. We said, look, we're here. We'll, we'll do anything you want. And there's a big old burly captain named uh, Anthony Canatella, a big Italian dude. He's like, hell yeah, you know, come on. And he, he basically swore us in. And we, me and this other guy became cops for like three months. 
working the streets during Katrina, doing rescue missions, everything. And uh, the chief of police actually came and swore us in at the Walmart on Chabatulis. And we, you know, we did police work for, for about three months and then had to go back to the academy and finish the academy for another four months. And then we, and then we became real cops again. So it was a pretty, pretty cool story. Wow. The things that you guys had to do. Oh yeah. I, I mean, it's just, um, it was shocking. It was shocking to hear um, what you guys Especially being a, a kid from Calgary, just retired hockey, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, the stuff I saw and had to do was, you know, it was a uh, very awakening. Yeah. That's okay. So then wait, so why did you decide you, so you were working that way, but why go into law enforcement? I feel like you didn't explain that or did I miss that? Well, I, um, you know, I was one, once I, once I did the, the, the Katrina thing and I kind of met a lot of the SWAT guys and I, you know, I, I was wanted, I was either going to be a firefighter or a cop. My father was a firefighter for 30 years. You know, a lot of hockey players going to that field. You know, it's like the teamwork still there that, you know, the camaraderie. Um, and once I saw the SWAT team, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So, you know, um, once I hit the streets out of the academy, I worked the streets for about a year and a half. And then I got, I got on the SWAT team and I was there for about 10 years full time. So it was, it was fun. Right. And then, so at that, sorry, Breezy, jump in at any point. Um, she, she knows how I get like with New Orleans. I get like very excited. I, I have a, that city has a very special place in my heart, but so during that time of Katrina and all of that, um, that's when the movie industry started to make its return back to Louisiana, like in the few years following. So is that sort of how then that sort of crossed over for you? Not at all. No. I started doing movies and TV about three years ago. Okay. Half years ago, yeah. I had no no plans ever to do it, ever. You know, and then just the uh, you know the tactical consult is. I mean, I just I just did a show with Steve Howey, True Lies. It's a pilot like the old movie from Schwarzenegger. They, they're yeah. doing a show called True Lies with Steve Howell from uh, from Shameless. So, you know, yeah. How to and, and how to move and 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 I work with the director on what looks right and everything. So it's. You know, it's, it's going really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then I end up usually getting lines and roles and, you know, most of them are playing a SWAT cop, you know, with lines and stuff. It's, it's still pretty cool to see yourself on the big screen, you know. What's so, been your favorite set to work on? Um, ooh, they've all been pretty cool. I did a, I did a, a movie called Free Rayshawn with Lawrence Fishburne and Speed Ulrich was pretty cool. Um, I did Your Honor with um, Brian Cranston, which was pretty cool. Um, I just finished a movie with Max Martini called The Channel, which will be coming out in a few months, which I had, I had a lot of lines and a lot of shooting and stuff. So, so you know, cool. a lot of cool stuff, you know. Dang. That is so cool. Don't you think? Cool. I'm like, this is so, you're so cool, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Says the nerdy girl who's like, you're so cool. You played hockey, you're in movies, you live in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always been that kind of guy that just, you know. That's really cool. Well, I mean, you know, that too, but I just don't like to, I, I could never be tied down doing one thing. I always, you know, I, I always tell myself, I don't want to be on my deathbed at 75 years old and, and thinking back and saying, I, sh I should have done that. You know, I, going in, into the movies with these, you know, you get on set with these speaking roles and it's, you know, it's all chaos. And then they're like, okay, we're about to roll. There's like 50 people around, cameramen, all these people watching you. And then it's rolling. It's dead silent. And then, it's just you and whoever you're with. And I was scared to death, scared to death. 
but I told myself, I don't want, I don't want to be laying on my deathbed and, and, and say, you know, I should have done that. I regret not doing that. Uh, you know, so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I was able to do that. And it's, it gets easier every time. The more lines I get, the harder it is, but you know, it's, it's going well. Now, how does that stress compare to, you know, before you step out on the ice to play hockey, like, you know, how oh, would that, that compare? I mean, that, you know, I've been, I've been playing since I was five. It was, that was, you know, that was, hockey was more of an adrenaline rush. Hockey was more like, you know, being on a SWAT team, going to hit a house at a high risk warrant. It was, it was an adrenaline rush. You know, this is, you, you have to get your lines right. You have to hit your marks right. Or you look like a, a complete idiot, you know. Because they had, they're hiring you and they're spending all this money on you and, and they, they believe in you, you know, and there's no, I mean, you can do retake, 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 but it's, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta be on point big time. Dang. So what would you say would, would be harder growing up with the uh, tough dad as a coach or uh, trying to remember your lines and not make a fool out of yourself? <laughs> well, I always tell people me, my childhood was like the movie 300, you know, the kid growing up and the dad, that's what my childhood like yeah you're not heard you know it was, it was like that um i, I think the line remember the line especially after having eight concussions yeah you know yeah. It's, it's tough for me it is i you know it's yeah, i try my girlfriend's a pretty big actress she's been in a lot of big movies and tv and she you know she memorizes pages the night before wow. i don't know how she does it but she she's amazing you know yeah very cool it's definitely an art I would, yes, I would definitely say so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, wait, have you been able to play hockey in a movie yet? No, no, and I want to, you know, maybe at one point when I when I get big enough and, and, and if I ever do get big enough and am able to get an agent, maybe I'll be able to put some feelers over hockey movies, but, you know, there's not too many hockey films filming down here, but. Well, yeah, you know, you'd have to travel out of New Orleans probably. I mean, I would, but I mean, there's, you know. It's, you know, there's not a lot of hockey movies being made right now, but I definitely, that'd be, that'd be really cool. That would be cool. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, I wouldn't even know like what a good movie would be about. Like, I think, I think you should be the hockey. new coach of the new Mighty Ducks series. Cause they fired Emilio Estevez. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause he's not vaccinated. Oh, wow. I, I'm pretty sure that was the headline. Um, so yeah, he's out. So you could be the new coach Bombay. <laughs> But the world out. Let's you have to go to Vancouver, you have to go back to Canada. That's where they filmed uh -huh. that show. So yeah. Yeah, I'd heard their film. I didn't know he got fired though. That's crazy. Or, you know, okay, maybe fired isn't the right word, but like he's no longer part of the series, which I think is whatever. Whatever, like health-wise, I understand, but like him coming back was sort of like the reason for me as a grown-up to watch a show about kids playing hockey, you know, right. like right. to see him again, you know, but anyway, I digress. Kind of strong in his beliefs. So, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a crazy world right now, you know? Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Go, let's go back to your hockey days. Like give us some stories from your days, like the fun stuff or the hard stuff or the easy stuff. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff. You know, I played uh, major midget in Calgary. Then I then I went and played in Moose Jaw with the Warriors. Babcock was my coach. You know, I played with uh, Ryan Smith. We played for the Oilers. A couple other good hockey players. And that was, you know, moving from Calgary to Moose Jaw was was definitely a, definitely a big change. You know, it was 
it, it, I love playing in a league, but Mushaw really wasn't my favorite place to be. Um, it was tough, but it was, you know, it was, a, it was a great learning experience. I had a great year, got drafted by the Buffalo Sabres, um, you know, played with a lot of good players. And then uh, I got traded to Spokane the next year, which was awesome. We, I mean, going from Mushaw to Spokane in the Western Hockey League was like, literally like going to an NHL team in Spokane. <laughs> oh, God. It was amazing down there, yeah. Yeah, um, played a lot of Valerie Bure, Ryan Duffy, uh, Brad Myers, Brian McKay. We had, a, we had a really good team. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun there, too. A lot of fun stuff. I, I, I don't know if I can really talk about it, but it's, you know, good, fun teenage stuff. Do you have, like, a memorable goal, uh, goal oh, songs or anything like that you could share with us or maybe from the Super League that I'm still not going to get over that there's an actual <laughs> Super League? <laughs> <laughs> well, I played uh, my first year pro was in Chicago in the IHL for the Wolves. And uh, <clears throat> we were in the playoffs, the first round of playoffs against the San Francisco Spiders. And I, it was game, I think it was game seven. I'm not sure. It, it was game seven. And I scored the overtime winning goal, which was, which was pretty cool. Yeah. The first, first ever, you know, win for the franchise in, in history in the playoffs. So it was, that's definitely my favorite, favorite memory of scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was able to go back on YouTube, like, searching YouTube or Chicago Wolves goals, whatnot, and I found it, which is pretty crazy. That's that really cool. Yeah, yeah. so I, you know, I screen saved it and saved all the, the video and whatnot, so it was, it was pretty cool. I was able to show, I got an eight-year-old son, so I was able to show him that, you know, it's pretty neat. That's awesome. Yeah. Because your son, I mean, your son now is, you know, looking at you and it's like, dang, my dad was a professional hockey player. You scored the sick goal, now he's police officer SWAT guy just going back to you being a cool guy I mean it's got to be you know something that you really have had quite the experience growing up and you know saying what you said earlier being on your deathbed and not wanting to have any kind of regrets I mean you're definitely doing a a real good job at making sure that's not going to be the case (laughs) right 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 it's not it's not I don't think it's it's so much me going out and doing stuff It's, it's it's taking advantage of the opportunities you get you know what I mean Right. That's the important thing, not to, you know, just don't be scared to, to try something new. You know, if you fail at it, you fail at it, big deal. You know, move right. on to the next thing. And that's how I, I went with acting. I said, you know, they, they obviously want me to do this. They, they, they trusted me to do it. So, F it, I'm going to do it. And I, and I did it, you know, yeah. so. What would you say is um, what you learned from your time playing professional hockey? Like, what did you, what do you take from those years playing with you today? Number one, um, absolutely discipline. Absolutely discipline. Um, you know, I grew up, my father was very disciplined, um, team oriented. You know, you play for the other player on the team. Now you don't play for yourself. And that, that goes into anything you can do these days. Discipline. I was showing up on time, never be late, you know, pay attention, open your ears, shut your mouth. And, uh, just go out. Everything you do, give it your best. You know, give 100% with everything you do. Yeah. That's Hands true. down. Yeah. And that, you know, it relates to everything. Police work, acting, whatever you do, you know. And it's uh, it's got me it's got me places. So I'm, I'm glad. It definitely taught me a lot. And it definitely got me a lot of places. Is there any hockey rinks? I can't remember from our conversation, but is are there any hockey rinks currently in New Orleans? Is there... None, right? Uh, zero. 
Okay. The mud bugs are the the closest team to you still, right? I've been Shreveport, right? I don't even I don't even know. I don't know. I think they might have a rink in Biloxi too. In okay. the area. I don't know. But um they used to have a little rink called Leo's Ice Rink in Baton Rouge. And a bunch of us would go play every Wednesday night, but they tore that down. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we'd That's... go play every Wednesday against these like 20 year olds and I I could literally barely move the next day. <laughs> it was it was so much fun to get out there and play. <laughs> yeah would, would you play again like for fun oh, there was a... yeah absolutely i still got my i got everything in the attic i got all my sticks lined up like in the you do in the dressing room and everything <laughs> I, I would definitely i would definitely play again is there a part of you that wishes that you could get your son into it or no no absolutely absolutely he wants to play but he lives up in atlanta with his mother so he it's you know they have hockey in atlanta but i'd rather i'd rather him play hockey if i was there to to really teach him rather than, you know, put him into a, into a system where he's not really going to, you know, he's not really going to learn and just kind of waste, you know, if he wanted to play, he could, but, and he does, but he's, he's an amazing football player. So he's really, he's really excelling at football big time. All right. So, yeah. He's really good. He's got high schools coming to watch him now and he's eight years old. Yeah, oh my God. He's, he's special. That's so, were you that special? At no. Eight? <laughs> No. no, no, no. I mean, I was good, but not, you know, I, I was, I, I never played football, so I don't, I can, I can see it, but I could always see it in these kids that, that played it, that, that I, you know, I grew up teaching in hockey school and stuff. You'd see the young kids and you saw one or two, like Danny, he was one of them, played with my brother, uh, Chris, Chris Kalan, you know, a couple guys. I mean, he was unbelievable. And I knew it back then. You could see he was just different. He was just doing things that, you know, 10 years old that, that guys were doing in the NHL, the little, the little things that you can't teach. You know what I mean? And I see that in my son. He's doing that now in football. Absolutely. Wow. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Hopefully he, you know, hopefully he, he keeps on, on working on that. I, I'm trying to instill in him the discipline and the work ethic and what my father did with me, but in a, in a better way. Yeah. <laughs> in a far way. So he doesn't, you know, he enjoys doing it rather than, you know, having a career at five years old. Yeah. You That's know. a lot of pressure on a kid. It is. Yeah. And it was for me. I mean, I, I was under a lot of pressure. I could, you know, I was never allowed to go skiing or snowboarding with all my friends snowboard and I wanted that, but I, I couldn't do it in case I, you know, broke a leg or then you can't play hockey, you know? So it was tough, but you know, I turned out all right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're doing pretty well. I think so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, Breezy, ask him about spooky stuff. Oh, yeah. I was so both Ray and I are pretty big into uh, spooky stories, out of towners, such as uh, aliens and whatnot. Ghosts, hauntings, gotta, that kind yeah, of thing. Ghosts, hauntings, all that kind of stuff. And we are He's laughing at us. <laughs> that, you got, that you got a good story for us. I'm scared to death of ghosts. Like, I'm scared. I don't even watch scary movies, I don't do any of this. <laughs> I'll go in a room and then hunt down a murder for it, but I'm not, I don't mess with ghosts and all that. No. Oh, have, man. You ever, have you all ever been on a ghost tour in New Orleans or anything? Yeah, I have. Yeah. 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 I went on one of those too. And it's pretty crazy. I, uh, I wasn't there long enough to be able to go on a tour, but I really wanted to go. There's a, a story that just kind of got me about uh, Zach and Abby, I think is what their names were. Uh, it's a pretty gnarly story and I really wanted to go see like the apartment on like where all this had happened but we didn't quite get 
uh, get the chance to go do any kind of ghost tours out there. But yeah, I think that was on the tour. Some there's some weird thing where everyone was dying or killing or whatever. Yeah. Actually, the next movie I'm doing is, is with Nicolas Cage, and he's and he's all into that stuff. He's actually got a grave down here, or like a, or, or whatever that he's he bought it that he's going to be buried in. Oh, that's he's right. That. Yeah, you I heard think, about that? I no. think I remember that. Yeah, and Jennifer Coolidge lives there too. Did I say yep. her name right? Uh, Stifler's mom. So. Stifler's mom. Stifler's mom. Yeah, yeah. We met her at a, we, me and my girl actually went to a, a, I don't know some big party here, and she was there. She's a really, really cool girl. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. She actually came into table one once when I was there because she spends like half of the time there. I think she owns a home there in the lower garden district. And uh, yeah. she came in by herself and just had a nice meal and nobody bothered her. And, yeah. you know, she's- that's what a lot of the actors love coming here is because nobody, you know, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody I did the uh, I did the security for Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie for a few days. I was with them the whole time. And, uh, I'm dead. You have to revive what? me. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So after Katrina, you know, had they had the blue, yeah. uh, the blue roof thing or whatever. And yes. they were here for a big, um, fundraiser. Sandra Bullock was there. Uh, Chris Rock, but I had Brad Pitt and Angelina, so I was with them the whole time. You know, and they were awesome, down to cool people. But you know, we were walking around, and nobody even, nobody cared. Nobody cared. No, nobody even knows. They're too drunk to pay any attention. <laughs> too drunk or they just they just don't, I don't know. It's weird. But that's why a lot of actors love coming here. Oh, yeah. Fishburne, he's got a house in the French Quarter, too. He loves coming here. That's right. That's right. Yep. And I, there's a couple other people I'm trying to remember their names. Um, at the, I think Mark Ruffalo's been down there a bunch. He loves coming there. And there's a whole, a whole bunch of people. That's really cool. I love hearing good things about people loving new orleans because i just i love it so much but. yeah it's a cool town it's it's a little different for me you know i being a cop i kind of you know well, I, I live in the belly of the beast for eight and a half hours a day and i i see the worst of it i see how evil human beings can be and it's 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 very disheartening but it, it is a good city it really is yeah whenever yeah. we leave on vacation you always you know you go to la or new york you miss that 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 intimacy of New Orleans. You, know, you can get anywhere in ten minutes. Everything's open twenty four seven. You can eat. The food here is amazing. You know, it's just it's the big easy for a reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the southern hospitality. The hey, babe. You know, just the the accents and on the on the locals and everything like that. It's just yeah. it's a special place. Oh yeah, yeah. It's cool. Do you have any uh, recommendations for anyone who may be going down to, to visit New Orleans anytime soon? Best places to eat, drink, go see, anything like that? Well, I mean, you got to go to Bourbon Street at least once. I don't, you know, uh, it's getting a little dangerous down there now, but it's you, you have to go to Bourbon Street at least once. Pat O'Brien's, you know, Cat's Meow, yada, yada. Uh, my favorite restaurant here, hands down, is called the Dolphos on Frenchman Street. I don't know if y'all ever heard of it, but it's... What's it called? Adolfos, A-D-O-L-F-O-S, Adolfos. Yes. It? yes. Oh, my God. It's, it's a little quaint little uh, Cajun-Italian place right on Frenchman Street, and it's it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That or Irene's. Irene's another good spot. Mm-hmm. Irene's. And then uh, Desi Vegas Steakhouse. I got to give a shout-out to my boy Desi. I'm good friends with him. It's, it's a great, a really good steakhouse. So, yeah. But, I mean, you can't go wrong. Anywhere you eat down here is is unbelievable. I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Go ahead, Breezy. <laughs> Let's hit him with the final three. Final three. All right. I don't know how he's gonna he's not gonna like these too much. <laughs> Remember, I am a cop. I got it. <laughs> it's okay, it won't get you in trouble. No, they're uh, they're all fun. We ask every single guest, male or female, and if you don't have an answer, then you don't have an answer, or you can just have fun with it. Who is your favorite all-time hunk of hockey? Well, uh, what do you mean hunk of hockey? Like good-looking dude, or just someone who's really good at hockey that you just kind of maybe admire, just look up oh, to. I was in Detroit. I, I was with Detroit for a while, um, and my D partner was Paul Coffey, and he's a just a great dude, and he really. You know, he'd keep me out there practice and help me do drills. And I was, you know, I was 20 years old. I was like, this is unbelievable. So um, as far as hockey goes, probably, probably him. As far as a hunk of a hockey player, Dave, yeah. Dave Lamanowicz. All right. He's a goaltender. He's married to an actress as well. Um, he, was, he was our goalie in Spokane. And I'm still really good friends with him. I talk to him all the time. But if you look him up, you'll see why. He's a, he's a good looking dude. All right, we'll uh, we'll do a little screen grab on that for uh, for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Dave. <laughs> yes. And who is your favorite hockey lady? Mm, hockey lady. Yeah, wife, girlfriend, player, uh, news, media, anything. Y'all too. <laughs> oh, All right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, All right, hit him with the last one, Ray. And do you have a Sidney Crosby story? No, I don't. Okay. I don't know, Sydney. I wish I did. He's a hell of a player. Yeah. But uh, no, you know, I'm a little, I'm 47 years old, so I'm a little before his time. Yeah, that's okay. No, we <laughs> we ask everybody these. It's our standard. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, great. Yeah. It's we're, be we're, to see uh, this Connor Bedard kid coming up to see, you know, how he compares to, to Sydney. You, you heard of Connor Bedard playing in Regina? I have briefly. So he's the he he got the exceptional status. He he played in the WHL as a 15 year old. So he's he's supposed to be the next Sidney Crosby. So yeah, he's 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 coming up. He's gonna be good. Man, the league's gonna have some heavy hitters. I mean, there's some really good players in there currently. So yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, who's your current team? Do you follow anybody? Any teams? Um, the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights. You know, my general manager for Brandon Weekings was Kelly McCrimmon. This is another cool story. Um, Kelly McCrimmon, McCrimmon, he's the GM in Vegas. And uh, I was playing hockey on the Wednesday nights here with a guy, Paul Spring, he's a doctor here. And we got to talk and he's like, you know, I, I played, you played in Brandon Weekings. You know, I'm, I'm best friends with Kelly McCrimmon. And he, in my 20-year-old year, he kind of gave me a chance and got me on the team. We went to the Memorial Cup and he kind of gave me uh, a, you know, he, he believed in me and gave me a second chance in my career and pushed me past that point. And I'd always wanted to get in touch with him for, for the longest time. You know, I tried emailing him when he was still in Brandon, writing him emails, just thank you for what you did. And uh, I was able to get his phone number from Paul Spring, Kelly, and uh, I was able to get in contact with him and thank him for what he did for me. So we, you know, we stay in contact all the time. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's a pretty special guy to me, Kelly McCrimmon, GM of Vegas, so. I'm, I'm a Golden Knights fan, which is probably kind of weird. I don't know too many people are, but <laughs> not at all. I mean, not they're kind all. of hard to hate. Uh, they, yeah. they do get a lot of it. Um, I definitely dislike them uh, when, they, when they play uh, my teams, but I mean, you got to cheer for them, right? I mean, they 
they're just the misfits of hockey, right? So they they're a good team. A great show on too. Yeah, great team, good show. I'm gonna try to catch a game out there for sure. You have to. I've no. I've been. It's incredible what they do. Well, I played for the Thunder. I played in Vegas for the Thunder. Yeah. Hi, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Way back in the day. I did. They put on a show then. No. Not no. Not like I heard they're doing that. <laughs> you're gonna go to a golden knights game and you're gonna be like what the heck where was this when i played what you guys like didn't even this is no it's not even anywhere close to like it's it's a vegas show it's a literal show and then there's like hockey happening on top of it that's that's pretty cool cool. another cool story is um so my girlfriend gets all these vip because she's a big time actress so uh we got vip suite tickets to madison square garden to a rangers game and we walk in, and I look over, and it's Wayne Gretzky. <gasps> Wayne Gretzky. And we, you know, I played with his brother Brent in Vegas, so we started talking. And I literally sat with Wayne Gretzky for the whole game against Edmonton. And I watched the whole game with Wayne and Janet, and his two sons were there, too. Well, it was pretty cool. And you talk about a down-to-earth, cool, normal person. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Jeez. I don't think yeah. I would be able to compose myself. I, I would just like, I wouldn't know what to say. You know, you, you think that, but then once you talk to him, he's, you know, he's just a normal person, you know, which is, which is really good to hear. You know, people are really worried about how, you know, celebrities and big stars are like that, but they're a lot. Everyone I've experienced has been really down to earth and cool. You know, even Brad Pitt and Angelina, Wayne Gretzky, all these people are, you know, they're just normal people, which is, which nobody thinks they would be, but they are. Right. And I think it also has to do with the you as a person, too. I mean, if you act, you know, as as you are currently just cool, calm, collective, just kind of being yeah. well with the yeah, flow, yeah. they're going to act yeah. like that. Towards you. His brother's a cop up in Ontario. Brent's a brother. Gretzky's brother now. He's a cop in, in Ontario. So, you know, we kind of kind of got talking about that and stuff. So it was it was cool. It was really cool. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. What an what a yeah. life. That is incredible. Yeah. Tell everyone where they can keep up with you on social media, where they can follow to see, you know, what new movies and, and things and stuff like that are coming out. Um, I got an IMDB page on just my name, Kevin Pozo, shows all the movies and whatnot I'm in and I've done. Um, 108 Pop and on Instagram. And then my consulting uh, company is uh, Red Team One Consulting. LLC. So I got a YouTube page. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to start that up. Made a few cool videos. So yeah, it's going well. It's going well. Cool. Oh, tell everybody again, what's like the next film that's coming out that they can watch you in? So the one I just finished is called The Channel with Max Martini. Um, We just finished, we just wrapped last week filming. So they're doing, you know, the editing and and, and post-production and whatnot. Um, I don't know when that's going to come out, but it's going to be a cool movie, a lot of shooting and stuff. And then I start another movie called Renfield in, in, I think it starts in January or early February. Yeah. Awesome. And then I did another one with Taron Egerton called In, in With the Devil. Ooh. It's on Apple TV and that comes out in the next few months. I'm not sure. So basically you're in like all the movies on all the platforms and we can watch you. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone should follow you to keep up on release dates and uh, watch you. And I'm sure you'll hit them where, with all the details on where they can watch shows. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Thank you so much for your time, officer and hockey player <laughs> and actor. We appreciate you, SWAT well, like leader, it. team leader. <laughs> the wrong hand, probably, but yeah, probably. <laughs> no, this was fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.